Hello, it's Vanessa Garrity here from Beyond the Room and I'm here at the Improving Patient Safety event in Leeds which if you're following it on Twitter it is hashtag IMPSAF2019 and I'm here with um, Natasha who is a sociologist working at Bradford Teaching Hospital. Just want to introduce yourself Natasha. Yeah, I'm Natasha Hardiker, I'm a researcher. I work for the Yorkshire Quality and Safety Research Group which is um, part of Bradford Teaching Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust. Brilliant, thank you. And um, Natasha's been part of a team this morning who's been running a really interesting workshop on technology for patient safety. And um, what I loved about the workshop was the way that you broke things down into quite a simplistic way. Um, and it really gave the message that anybody can get involved in innovation and anyone can make changes. So for people who are listening online, Natasha, could you just give us a flavour of what you've been talking about this morning? Yeah, so we were talking about um, sort of the pathway, the journey to innovation, and we talked about understanding um, the problem and identifying problems and unmet needs. And then we talked about the ways in which you might think about generating solutions to those, um, and then also where you might go for support in order to help fund those or get support in, in that whole process. So. Um, the key points from identifying um, problems but also in solutions is to really understand the context within which um, you are um, developing a solution to a known problem. Um, and that's really to avoid uh, coming up with something that isn't needed yeah. um, and ca or can't be used. Um, and so really to do that we need to make sure that we are involving people from the very first Stage, not only in terms of the generating solutions but also in understanding the problems yeah. um, and so we, we can do that through observational work so mm -hmm. having a look seeing what people are already doing yeah. um, what they're already using um, but also through things like focus groups um, and making sure that we're including as broad a number of people in that as possible. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, you gave an example of, for example, um, a blood pressure monitoring machine that some of the people that you might involve wouldn't necessarily be the people that you would think of. So obvious, yeah. an obvious person would be the patient, another obvious person might be the clini clinician. Um, but can you say a little bit more about kind of who else you might involve? Yeah, so thinking about who is the user, um, of something like a blood pressure monitor. Um, we also need to include people who are going to come across that device on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. Um, and that might be people like the people who are cleaning it. Yeah. But we also need to think about who's going to buy it, who's going to maintain it. So people like from uh, like medical physics, clinical physics. Um, and then also the different contexts in which that machine might be used. So it could be used in a hospital and then hospital staff engage with it. But it could also be used at home. Um, and so people who work in the community may also need to interact with the machine. So it's really about thinking who could come into contact with and making sure that you involve as many of those people as possible in the development or evaluation of that device. Yeah, and you talked a little bit about iteration. Could you explain what that is to people and why that's important? Yeah, so iteration is really recognising um, that processes are often not linear. So it's not sort of identifying the problem, coming up with the solution, as if it's they're totally different things, but that most of the time those uh, things overlap. 
Um, and so observational work, talking to people and evaluation as something that happens throughout the whole um, process and journey um, and not just in linear stages and sometimes that can be a source of frustration for some people so if you recognize that that's the case from the very beginning and also build it into your project plan um, so things like Gantt charts are often used in order to plan projects and show discrete activities but realistically knowing that activities are going to be used again and again so observation is going to be useful at the beginning the middle and the end um, can just help you plan that project more effectively yeah it seems much more holistic and less reductionist it in is, terms of so, yeah. yeah thinking about the complexity of humans and all the factors that might affect how somebody behaves thinks feels um, yeah. sociological influences yeah. and so on and so forth and i know that it's used a lot in digital design isn't it which we're also talking about this morning um, another thing that I picked up on that you talked about was the difference between sort of step change innovation and disruptive innovation could you say a bit more about that people yeah so step change is about using what's already there and maybe making slight improvements mm. um, so one of the examples that we gave was a wired mouse to a wireless mouse they both fulfill the same function um, you don't need an awful lot of training to be able to use them because it's effectively the same product but it has the additional benefit of being much more mobile um, and also that you don't need as many wires on your desk so th there's a change that confers some improvement and benefit but it's not remarkably dissimilar from what already exists yeah whereas disruptive innovation is something um, that disrupts the existing way of doing it um, and or will need um, more infrastructure to support it. And the example that we gave was, you know, the old analog wired mm. phones to something like smartphones, which yeah. in terms of functionality do an awful lot more than just being a phone, um, but also require a huge amount of investment, um, not only in the technology itself, but in the infrastructure around that technology. Yeah. So things like Bluetooth technology, wireless technology, um, and then also in terms of learning, you know, it's relatively easy to use one of the old yeah. um, analog phones. It can be quite difficult for people to learn to really get the full functionality out of a smartphone. Definitely. Um, but it's massively beneficial because it's really revolutionised um, the ways in which people work and conduct their personal life. So disruptive technology can often require an awful lot of investment, but the benefits can be huge. Yeah, definitely. So um, another thing that you talked about today, um, which um, I picked up on really, was about thinking outside the box um, and some of the kind of p possible approaches. So you talked about reverse brainstorming, you talked about things like learning the, from other industries, so for example, um, aviation, some of the processes um, and theoretical models that we can use like um, De Bono's Six Thinking Hats. So just for people who are listening online, could you just give us a quick summary of, um, of some of those themes? Yeah, so thinking outside the box is really to try and step out of doing things the way that we've always done them. Um, and sometimes this can be really difficult when we're so used to doing something in a certain way. Um, but it's thinking about what needs to be done and also how it needs 
to do it. And one way that you can do that is to think about benefits rather than features. So what does something need to achieve rather than what does something need to do? Um, but also thinking about what you want to achieve and starting from there and working backwards rather than starting from the beginning and working towards um, what you want to achieve and, and building it up, yeah. sort of starting from where you want to already get to. Um, using other creative methods uh, such as drawing um, and sketching mm. can be really useful, especially when that's done um, in groups. Learning from other industries that may already have made um, massive gains in um, making similar kind of improvements even if the context is different. Um, and for me what's really important is not just looking at what it is that you're doing but how you're doing it. So yeah. the example that I gave was of an ATM machine. Um, the goal for people using an ATM machine is to get money out, yeah. um, but they also need to retrieve their card from the machine. And the order in which those um, mm. things happen is really important because what they found was if they give people the money first, once that goal has been achieved, they likely don't attend to the fact that they haven't got their card, yeah. and so they walk off without their card. Um, whereas just simply reversing those two mm. tasks made it much more likely that people are going to achieve the goal that they want to achieve, which is to get their money, but that they're also going to have their card. Yeah. And so it, it's trying to understand what are the, all of the goals that are trying to be achieved and, and how is best to achieve them, rather than just what is it that we're going to do. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, there was a real applied example um, in the workshop today, which was around the work that you've been doing in Bradford, um, which was an NG um, feed testing yeah. um, approach, wasn't it? Could you just um, just say a few words about that for people who are listening online? Yeah, so nasogastric tubes are used, um, they go into a patient's uh, nostril um, and down into the stomach to provide uh, feeds when people can't swallow, for example. Yeah. Um, sometimes those tubes um, are not placed in the right place and harm can occur if mm -hmm. you put food, say for example, into yeah. the lung. So we were looking at ways in which to avoid that happening. Some work's already um, been done to look at why the guidelines that are currently exist are not being adhered to. Um, and that behaviour change work was successful in improving adherence to existing guidelines. But what we wanted to do was look at ways in which we could change existing practice yeah. so that compliance on guidelines wasn't necessarily um, the, the key factor and yeah. we drew from um, another industry um, so the agri-food industry mm. um, and utilize the technology that's already being used there and then applying it to this situation we did a lot of market research to look at um, what was already out there um, and what our device needed to do, but also yeah. what it needed to not do, um, and um, we've done uh, focus groups with users, and we're also in the middle of a big user centered design process in which we're doing observational work um, in hospitals and also in the community to understand how nasogastric tubes are already being used and um, the processes of putting NG tubes in and also testing their position so that when we develop the device, we know it works within existing practices. Um, because if it doesn't do that, then we can create a device that really works and is very effective. But if it can't be used in the real world, yeah. then no one will buy it. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, we're drawing on that uh, various users to help us develop that device. Um, and we've got funding from the Medical Research Council to do that and are also working with Medipex, who are innovation hub for Yorkshire and Humber, um, and drawing on their expertise. So it's a collaboration between a number of different um, organisations. And I would say that's a really key thing about innovation, mm. is that it's never a solo project, mm. unless you're talking about sort of small service changes, mm. um, that it, it requires collaboration um, between people um, and also often support and that support can be available from lots of different places um, and we can we can link to places to go to for support depending yeah. on where you are in the country. That's great and um, for people who are listening online um, and wanted to know more about what you've been talking about today and also the innovation in Bradford where would you suggest that they look? Or who would they contact? So I would suggest that they um, look at uh, the website. So uh, looking at the Yorkshire Quality and Safety Research website, that can be found through going to the Bradford um, Hospital's website or through Bradford Institute for Health Research. Yeah. Um, they can look on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and we can also uh, they can look at Medipex, uh, or they can contact myself. Um, by your email, which is natasha.hardiker at bthft.nhs.uk. Thank you, that's brilliant.